For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Online. It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade. Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. This week on the Patriots Report, my co host Chris Hogan and I talk about the new Patriots OC, Alex Van Pelt and what some of the changes could mean for the New England offense. Plus, Chris and I walk down memory lane and talk about his three different Super Bowl experiences and where players can get occasionally tripped up when it comes to preparation. That's all up right now, only on Patriots Report. All right, Chris, let's start with this. Give me your reaction to the decision to name Alex Van Pelt as the new offensive coordinator. They must have been listening to you because last week you fundamentally said it would be wise for them to go outside the system, and that's what they ended up doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I love that um, Gerard is doing this his way. You know, I, I think I would have been a little nervous about this team going forward if we were just going to hire people internally, just because I don't, I don't think a lot of things would change. So getting a new, new fresh perspective on, on running an offense and running a team. Um, you know, I did a little deep dive into Van Pelt. I, I really, to be honest, we didn't know much about him, but I mean, he's, he's done a, did a pretty incredible job over there in, in uh, Cleveland. And it was actually interesting. I was reading an article saying that he was the glue that held that team together. And when he left, people were very surprised. And reading that, kind of, it kind of gets me excited about, you know, a new guy coming into a, you know, let's just call this a brand new organization, right? I mean, 20 years has been looked the same and now it's going to look a little bit different going into this offseason. And I think that's exciting. Um, you know, he's had some experience with, you know, younger quarterbacks and obviously he's had success with multiple quarterbacks throughout his career. I mean, and, and over the course of a season and um, you know, I, I think, um, I think the new England fans, I think that the new England offense and the, the people, the guys in the locker room, I think they should be excited about this move. Yeah. They had five different quarterbacks this past season, including Deshaun Watson and Joe Flacco. And the offense still found a way to average, I think it was 23.3 points per game, 10th in the league. Yeah. The numbers are, are undeniable. And so when you think, well, you know, he doesn't really bring the kind of sizzle that maybe, uh, you know, a, a, someone from the Rams or, you know, a high, high octane offense might bring. There's got to be something there to a guy who's been, who was able to get that sort of offensive production, even though he wasn't calling plays. And we can kind of get into this in a little bit. Yeah. That, that they were able to do what they did on offense with him as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, listen, he clearly knows how to design plays and, and put an offense together. I, I think that, you know, 
New England's not the type of place that really, you know, we could run the, you know, the shotgun spread offense that the Rams and some of the, you know, more flashier offenses do across the league. I just don't think that we have the personnel for that. So I think bringing in someone that can kind of shape and mold this offense and figure out what the identity of that needs to be kind of going forward here. Obviously there's some, a lot of pieces that need to be added to this puzzle before we even start that process. But, um, you know, he's, he's, he had a lot of success last year um, and over the course of his year. So, you know, again, I think it's, I love the new fresh perspective. I know that they're going to do a lot of similar things that, you know, new England has done in the past, but, um, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be very good for, for this team. From his background, Van Pelt seems to be a guy with roots in the West coast offensive style, but mm-hmm. he's also capable of maybe doing some different things from a player's perspective. I'm curious if you're a wide receiver, if you're pop Douglas and you're anticipating some of the changes going from the offense that they had last year to something maybe resembling a West coast offense, what might be in store for some of the guys, the offensive skill position players on this team that would be different down the road as opposed to maybe what they did last year? You know what? I'm not – it's tough to even make that sort of – that judgment call right now. You know, who knows what what he's going to do. I mean, he doesn't even know who his quarterback is going to be. So a lot of things could change, I think. Um, From a receiver perspective, you know, I don't don't know if, if if much changes. Um, you know, I think obviously bringing in a new coordinator, bringing in a new offensive playbook, the first thing that everyone's going to think about is an entire, you know, we, I mean, listen, when I played in the, I, when I first started playing, we used to get those big playbooks, right? So we had this giant Bible looking thing that had about like 500 pages in it. It's a little overwhelming. Now everything's so nice and organized on an iPad. So obviously there's going to be that learning curve, Right. First initial, everyone's going to be excited. They're going to get, you know, it's going to be a whole new set of terminology, whole formation. So I think um, I got to imagine that he's going to want to do things his way, but also try to make it as easy as possible, you know, make it as the, the, the transition as easy as possible. I mean, listen, he's got some time. They did this pretty early on and he'll have a lot of time to, to work with his guys. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, how he kind of formulates this off season, this off season and how the offense is going to look. Does it concern you at all that he didn't call plays last year or the last few years in Cleveland? And now presumably he's going to be stepping into that role with the Patriots. No, I, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, listen, I, that I'm not one to sit here and say that call plays is easy because it's definitely not. So, um, as an offensive coordinator, you're just so you're so involved in the in the game plan, right? I mean, from coming up with the plays, coming up with situational football, coming up with third down calls, coming up with red zone calls, you know, that entire call sheet. I mean, you you pretty much know what you're going to call throughout a game, and I'm pretty sure that he could have done that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in that in that position, you 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 are you're essentially calling plays as well. So I, I think that he's going to be fine in that position. I think he'll be excited about it. Um, again, I, I've heard a lot. I've heard so many good things coming out of Cleveland about this guy. So I, I just think that he could be the right fit for this, you know, new organization that is uh, taking over in new England. <laughs> Last man felt question from me. Uh, there was a rumor, Mike Reese from ESPN kind of hinted that Chad O'Shea 
could return to New England with Van Pelt. He was with Van Pelt in Cleveland last year. I know you are a huge fan of Chad O'Shea. Tell me what you think about that idea. Chaddy O. He is a, I'm a huge fan of Chad. Chad was one of my all-time favorite uh, position coaches that I played for. I would love for him to come back to New England. I mean, his knowledge, his knowledge of the game far, far precedes, you know, just being a receiver. Uh, he's able to coach and, and he got the opportunity to coach down in Miami, obviously be the offensive coordinator. So um, he knows so much about the game. I think um, coming back to New England and letting, you know, coach Van Pelt bringing some familiar faces with him as well. I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, just to have that familiarity with somebody else in the offensive staff room. So, um, and Chad will, it can do a, a unbelievable job with the re- coaching receivers as, as far as, I mean, he's so meticulous of game planning and knowing your role, knowing, knowing what to do on the field. I mean, I, when I go back to when we played there, I mean, he was so on top of us about, practicing the the scripts for practice the plays i mean we went over this stuff at nauseum man and but we did it so that we were well you know we were well prepared he was well prepared and you know he he brings a a lot of energy to to the field and the practices and to that room so it'd be it'd be cool to see him back in new england for sure let's change gears here a little bit it's super bowl week and you went through three of them uh the Super Bowl 51, 52, and 53, which now seemed like it, they were a million and a half years ago when they pop up on my timeline. <laughs> um, tell me the best thing from a player's perspective about Super Bowl week and the worst thing uh, about Super Bowl week, just a week leading up to it. Uh, well, let's let's start with the worst. I think the, the worst is that there's just you're you're not in your normal routine. Um, you know, you're in a hotel, uh, you're in an unfamiliar fa- place, you're practicing somewhere, right. Uh, whether it's at a college or another facility, um, you're, you know, you're on the bus, you're kind of, you know, having to, uh, I don't want to say abide by, you know, this whole different schedule because you, everyone travels together and you do everything together. So it's tough. Um, you know, and, and obviously there's, so much that goes on within that week of, you know, media and um, just dealing with all, you know, the super all stuff that goes into, um, you know, preparing for that week. And, you know, you really have to remember that you're there to do a job, right. And to try to focus on that. And it, it's, it's tough. There's, there are a ton of distractions, uh, family members coming into town, you know, friends. I mean, it can be tough, I think, but the best part about it is, you're at the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, you are one of two teams that are playing in the Super Bowl. And I think my I, my message to uh some of the guys that are there this weekend that are playing is to take don't take a day for granted. Listen, I mean, prepare like you've never prepared for a football game before, but try to let a little bit of that sink in. I mean, media night opening night was so much is so much fun um you know try to enjoy that you know that might, it might be the only time that you ever get to experience that ever again in your career um take some of those little things and just tr- just try to enjoy them as much as possible because it is such an experience 
being one of those teams to make it that far and, and make it to a Super Bowl. And it's very rare. You know, it's rare for guys to make it to a Super Bowl, you know, to play in one and let alone win one. So it's an accomplishment from for every single person up and down that roster. And it takes a lot of hard work to get there. So um, you know, enjoy every second of it. Cause it'll be I, over before you know it. <laughs> I, I know it's funny you talk about opening night, and I know it can be a bit of a circus. Do you have a story where you were ever, let's say, accosted by, <laughs> I don't know, someone from Nickelodeon or something? Um, no, but what why am I forgetting his name? Um, the guy from, it was like the Saturday Night Live, uh, Guerre uh, Guillermo, Guillermo, is that his, is that his name? Oh yeah. From, uh, from Jimmy from Kimmel, right? Jimmy Kimmel. Um, yeah, I do. I do remember him asking me some like really weird questions on the floor. Like, um, yeah, it's a lot of it pertains to what, what Tom Brady smelt like. Um, <laughs> and have I tried like, you know, his avocado ice cream and, you know, some weird questions like that. Uh, and, I don't remember ever getting accosted. It was, but I do remember it just being a, 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 a lot of fun, man. I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool night um, to get to experience. It kind of kicks off the, the whole Super Bowl weekend and you get to knock out so much of the media stuff. And I think afterwards that next day, you really just get to, you know, try to stick to your schedule as much as possible and try to remain as, as focused as possible. And I think the teams do a great job of that too. Listen, the, the, the coaching staff, the organization, the the people in charge of the media. I mean, they they know what's going on. I mean, you guys are there. We're there to perform. We're there to play. And um, I think that those organizations do a great job of trying to manage that and and just you know knock out the stuff that they need to knock out and you know let guys kind of you know prepare for their football game that they have to play on Sunday. Where do teams get tripped up? when it comes to their preparation, particularly at this time of the year, the story we always heard about the 2007 team was that they had their worst week of practice that season, right before the Super Bowl, And that mm. set the stage for that loss to the giants. What sort of things did you guys try and make sure to, to avoid when it came to, you know, potential pitfalls in, in the days leading up to the game? I think it's, you know, it, it's your, it's that routine. Um, I, I, the more that you're able to stick to your routine, regardless of where you are, regardless of where you're practicing, I think that's the most helpful thing that you can do, you know, for, for a football team preparing for a game like this. So, you know, the two weeks prior to the game, you know, you're obviously, you're still at home. Um, you're still practicing. And then when you go to the week leading up to the game, um, I mean, listen, Bill, Bill did not let us slip up. Right. I mean, he was, we were in full pads on Wednesday, <laughs> you know, every, both, all three Super Bowls leading up to the game. You know, we did, we did not change from our practice schedule to how we did things. And I think I was very, you know, I kind of look back on it now and, and, you know, I was just very fortunate to be a part. I mean, they've been to a lot of these Super Bowls, so they know, they knew how things were going to go. They knew how to practice every, a lot of those guys had played before in Super Bowls, So you know, a lot of guys don't really blink when it comes to, you know, all of that stuff. So I think for Kansas City, I mean, obviously they've been there, right? I mean, Patrick has been there. So a lot, some of those guys have been there. So I think that they, they know what it takes to practice, you know, to prepare for this game. You know, they know what this week is going to bring. Uh, I think for a lot of guys on 49ers, it's, it's going to be new to them. So I think it, the most, the best thing that they can do is remain as focused as possible and try, you know, try to just get rid of all the distractions. 
right? I mean, there's so many. I mean, listen, they're in freaking Vegas for Christ's sake. You know, it's like <laughs> I can't even imagine what that place is like right now. And so I, I think for them, it's just really trying to just you know put the blinders on, <laughs> you know, walk around you know like with, I. Uh, like just some goggles that just keep you kind of just looking forward and not having to look at, you know, everything else and just, you know, go from, go from the bus straight to your hotel room and to the meal room, to the meeting room, and then back to your room. I, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, Vegas is probably the toughest place to have a, have a Super Bowl and, and not be distracted. So, you know, but I, I know those guys on, 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 you know, in San Francisco, the guys that haven't played there, I, I know that they're, they're focused and they want to, you know, get the job done. So I'm sure that they're trying to eliminate all those distractions and prepare as much as possible. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm trying to sit, I'm sitting here trying to weigh the distraction meter between Minneapolis and Las Vegas. Oh God. It's the not first even in week the, of February. Not even, it's not even the same like hemisphere, man. I mean, <laughs> it was negative 30 degrees outside. We didn't even, we were all huddled in. We went from the bus straight to our hotel room because it was so damn cold. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing else to do there. <laughs> I, I got a quick story for you, real, just from a media perspective covering that. Uh, we were, I was in a, a media hotel right across the, the, the street, basically, from the Mall of America and the yeah. media center. And the first day, you can see it outside your window. I'm like, well, it can't be that cold. And and I I bundle up and I, I'm from New England, man. I'm tough. I'm used to this right, kind of right, winter. Right, right, and right. I'm I'm gonna walk across this parking lot and I got halfway there and I was like, screw this, man. I'm taking the shuttle. I forget <laughs> this. It was just that it, it was the coldest week it's I think cold, I have man. ever spent. And it was a dry cold. It was just one of those cold that gets in your bones. Oh, and you just, walk outside. It's yeah. just like the first the first breath of air that you take. It's just like you immediately start coughing because it's just like this freezing your lungs. I mean, it was. There was a, a health warnings, you know, like you weren't supposed to be outside for longer than a few minutes. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was that cold outside. And you think about the Super Bowl when you think about New Orleans and, and Miami and yeah. now Vegas and, you know, the Rose Bowl. And, you know, it's it's in a it's it's 30 degrees below zero in Minnesota. It's not the picture that you initially envisioned when you talk no. about the Super Bowl. No, no, not no. at all. <laughs> I, I want you. You were in all three of the Super Bowls that you participated in. You were in three games that were really incredibly close. I, I think that if memory, you know, the first two, the first one, obviously, you guys had the twenty to three comeback. Yeah. The second one was the final, came down to the final possession against the Eagles, and then the third one was still a was a ten point game, but it was still a tight game. Take me into the huddle in the fourth quarter of those games. I have to imagine. Hmm. With number 12 there, and look, games are all different. I understand that. But with with Brady there, there's a high level of confidence in each one of those situations. But what's that like with the season on the line, with a championship on the line? You're in the huddle. Take me inside and, and give me some sort of sense as to what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, all three games were so, so different. Um, you know, we we're fourth quarter in Houston. You know, we're, we're driving. We have so much momentum. You know, things are going our way. 
Um, you know, and we're just trying to pull off, you know, one of the biggest comebacks in Super Bowl history at this point. And um, I think everyone was very confident, obviously, in the person that was taking the snaps. And and I think we were we were just we were riding that momentum, man. I mean, we you know, everyone was was playing well. I I, I think that you know, we we knew that we were so close to accomplishing something that, you know, probably the entire world thought was a, a far, way far out of reach for us. Um, and, it, you know, that, that fourth quarter drive, uh, it, you don't, you don't lose confidence because of how much preparation we've done throughout the year in those types of situations. Right. I mean, Two minute calls, fourth quarter drives, game on the line, fourth down, gotta have it plays. All these things we've practiced before. These were not new plays that we were calling that we not haven't practiced all year. I mean, we had probably walked through that situation multiple times throughout that week of practice. So yeah, that kind of goes back to just how well Bill prepared his football teams. Um the next one, you know, Minnesota was a little different. I mean, that was a shootout, man. Uh, I mean, couldn't do anything wrong on offense, but, you know, defensively, it didn't seem like anyone could, you know, do anything right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think we just kind of found ourselves in a situation offensively there, uh, you know, trying to – obviously, you don't want to be in a situation where you're, you know, trying to get in a position to throw a, a closer Hail Mary, right? I mean, that's obviously not a – a great situation to be in, but still like we kind of knew what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was a little tough, you know, Brandon cooks went out early in that game, you know, he got knocked out and, you know, we had to kind of deal with a little bit of people bump, you know, getting bumped around and, you know, me, Danny, uh, Philip Dorsett was in there. So, you know, that was a little bit of a different game, but I, I still, man, I mean, the, the confidence was always there, you know, because we had practiced those situations. Um, and then in you know when we were playing LA, it just I mean that was a both offenses stunk that game. <laughs> I mean, you know I I remember playing that game. I mean, listen, I I could I could barely walk in that game uh, leading up to that. I had the worst hit pointer I've ever had in my entire life in that Kansas City game, and had to um, you know do a lot of extra stuff to be able to run efficiently in that game and. I just remember offensively, it it was just it was a struggle, you know, on both sides, you know, two off two very very good offenses that just could not move the football. And credit to the defense, right? I mean, listen, they got two weeks to prepare too, and and um, you know, it was it was a unique game, right? Because the the previous two Super Bowls and really really all the games we played in, we were capable of putting a lot of points on the board. And that game, it was just, it was not very exciting. You know, we had to really dig deep for that. And I think, you know, we found some things that worked late in that game and we had a couple guys that stepped up big and, and made some plays for us. And we were able to come away with that win. So I think, you know, we really, um, that, that was a game of just pure, you know, deter- will and determination, like whoever's going to be able to step up and make one or two big plays, is going to win this football game. And, you know, thankfully, you know, Robbie had that big catch, you know, down the seam and uh, Steven kicked the field goal. You know, it was, it was, and then obviously on the other side of the ball, uh, J-Mac made that crazy play in the end zone on Brandon Cooks, Mm -hmm. ironically. 
uh, who was like wide open in the end zone and he, you know, busted his ass. I mean, to break that play up. So there were so many good plays. I mean, Stefan Gilmore came up with a huge play at the end of the game, you know, so many big plays like in the, over the course of all of those games that just led to, uh, um, you know, two Super Bowl wins and, you know, would love, you know, would love to have the Philly game back, but you know, can't, you know, it can't live in the past. Um, but again, you know, it was, it was an awesome game to be a part of. That's for sure. I, I have one specific question about each one of those games. And, uh, you know, I, I know it's Super Bowl week. And I we don't can go know why Malcolm Butler didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've already, we've already established that. All we right, established right. that a few weeks ago. But, but the, the, I, I want to start with a Philly game where, and look, we can break down, look, Chiefs, Niners. We all, we did kind of some of that last week, but I want to kind of walk down yeah. memory lane here with you on this. Um, the Philly game, I still find it hard to believe that Tom threw for 500 yards and, you guys ended up that was on the NFL network the other day. And that, that was just, and I know that, like you said, you know, Brandon cooks goes down early and you guys had to do some shuffling and there's the whole yeah. Mar- Malcolm Butler question, but how do you have a quarterback throw for 500 yards and not win the game? I mean, you, you tell, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I could tell you is that the other court, the other quarterback played just as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah, they, you go. and they made just as many plays. I mean, like I said, we both sides, both offenses just literally did whatever they wanted to in that game. Um, guys were making plays, guys were getting open, and you know, we were everyone was putting up points. And and then, you know, defensively, you know, it was just hard. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I don't I don't think it was a uh it wasn't like a skill thing. I mean, I just think that the offenses really were that well prepared and i think they had both had we both had really good game plans and knew how to attack each other's defenses and it clearly showed because that was i mean every single drive inevitably ended up in a score so it was a wild game yeah it was it was a wild yeah. game it's just it's just you guys going back and forth and back and forth and usually as a writer you can kind of follow along and kind of do a running and but this was just off the charts when it came to just the you know the offensive production the the, the other question one of the questions i had about Super Bowl 53. It felt like in hindsight that the real Super Bowl was played two weeks before in Kansas City between Oof. you and the Chiefs. One of the best games I've ever been a part of. Um I mean, going into Kansas City, I what was it, negative 10 degrees there, cold as hell. I mean, I I I remember, you know, I could deal with the cold, right? And uh but I remember during TV timeouts running over to the sideline to get in front of those heaters, <laughs> just just to warm up my hands a little bit. And then that, you know, what what those last couple of drives, I mean, it was so loud. I mean, you couldn't hear Tom in the huddle. And we, I mean, he was legit signaling plays and routes to a few of the receivers on that last drive to, you know, put that all together. Um, but that that game was that game was a lot of fun, man, you know, to go, especially to win on the road, you know, winning a, an AFC championship game, um, you know, against a team like that, that arguably, you know, I think a lot of people had, had picked to, to beat us that day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was, that was a really, really, really memorable game for me. The first one that you guys had the the one that I think, you know, in no disrespect to your thoughts that, you know, that being a memorable game, but Super Bowl 51, I I'm curious. And we've talked to, 
we've heard from Julian about this, and I think Deron Harmon too was very vocal in the fact that like he was going around the locker room at halftime saying, "Come on, you guys, we can still win this thing." Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever know, or was there ever a moment where you said, "Yeah, we got him. We're we're rolling here. We're coming back. We're winning this football game." Um, I mean, I think it had to have been. There was a, there was a few moments. I mean, I think we we finally started to get things to go in our direction. I, I think a big moment in that game was. You know, Atlanta driving the ball down, um, you know, they were getting into field goal range, you know, and, you know, um, we got a sack, right? I think it was, um, I don't think it was Dante, but, you know, obviously. There there was a sack, there was a strip sack by Dante, and then there was also a holding call that Chris Long drew. Yes, I mean, there there were like a few key defensive plays that just, I you know, just changed the whole, our whole perspective on that game where we were just, we said that, you know, we could do this. Um, Obviously we, we played that second half offensively as well as we could have didn't turn the ball over, move the ball, put points on the board. And I think we, we just, we knew that we had to do that for our defense, right. To just come up with a couple of big plays that they can kind of go out there and play free, you know, and not, not be scared of, you know, letting them score anything, just play, play our defense. And those guys did, man. I mean, they played so well in that second half and we had to, you know, you know, the strip sack was huge, pushing that back getting them out of field goal range, you know, doing some of these different things that, um, you know, kind of let us get back into that game. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, the, the individual performances in that game were nothing short of incredible too. I mean, James White, um, Martellus, Danny, I mean, Jules with the catch over the middle of the field, you know, we had some of those things start to go right for us the second half. And, um, you know, once we got within striking distance of them, uh, you know, you could just feel that, uh, that energy on the sideline where we knew that we could, we could do this. All right. You got the Niners and the Chiefs this week. Last week, you said you were you were going with the Niners. I know that you're a Christian McCaffrey guy. Mm-hmm. Has that changed at all? I, my personal feeling here is I think the, the heart is rooting for the, the Niners. The head is saying that the Chiefs find a way to get this done. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. I, I, I think that Mahomes is playing some good football uh, and – and I think everyone kind of expect that he knows, he knows what it takes. Right. And I think Kelsey knows what it takes. I think a lot of those guys know what it takes to win this football game and that, you know, they're the best players show up when, you know, they're needed the most. And those guys did it, you know, the few weeks ago in the, in their championship game. So I, I fully expect them to, to come out and, and really, really play well. I think for, and I think we talked about it last week I, I, for the Niners, Listen, it's it's they have to play. They have to start fast. If you get behind in this game, the Chiefs know how to win. <laughs> they know how to win football games. They know how to play from ahead. And if they're if you're going to play that game with them, it's it's they're going to win the football game. Um, I, I Andy Reid knows how to call a game from being ahead. Mahomes knows how to manage a game from being ahead. I, I think that you need to play this game. You need to start fast. You need to put some points on the board. And you need to just let your players, you know, play free, play fast, you know, let Purdy kind of go, let, you know, let him make some plays with his feet, spread the ball around early. Don't really, you know, don't rely on, you know, one or two players to kind of make it happen. And, you know, I think for Mahomes, for the, for Kansas City, it's how well can Mahomes and Kelsey play and how well can San Francisco stop the two of them? 
because I just think they're they are the the engine that makes that offense run. And and I think if you take away one or two of them, you know, it makes it much, much harder for them to be successful on offense. So I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm excited to watch it. Chris Hogan, thank you very much for your time, my friend. Take care. And we will talk again next week when we'll do some draft preview stuff. We're going to talk about the combine. We're going to talk about what it takes to get ready as a as a as a draft prospect to all right we need to we need to do a little bit of um chris hogan draft numbers compared to all the other receivers yes and uh because i'm pretty sure that i was up there yes the three cone drill (laughs) 40 all that we're gonna get into all all that man it's it's that time of year so we're gonna get into all that but we're gonna sit back we're gonna watch the super bowl this week and then we will focus our all of our attention on the offseason and draft preview stuff as well as free agent stuff. So, Chris, take care. Thank you very much, and we will talk again soon. Thanks, Chris. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. One more reminder, this episode of the Patriots Report has been brought to you by Bet Online. It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partners at Bet Online are your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.